I'm Carson Horn, and it's Monday at 10, which means it's time for Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. So grab your toilet paper and let's get rolling. What does Morgan Freeman have in common with you and I? Well, we may not be known as the voice of God, but we all got to see Auburn basketball at its best Saturday night. We will dive into that Ole Miss game. We'll talk about the week that was for Auburn basketball going 2-0 and on the week. We're going to be joined by a special guest today in the back half of the show to talk about Auburn basketball, the Iron Bowl Part 2, SEC basketball as a whole. Really excited about this, so we'll get into that. We've also got news on the Auburn coaching front. DJ Durkin was officially hired as Auburn's defensive coordinator, but the staff is not finalized because Jeremy Garrett, the defensive line coach, is off to the NFL. So there's that to discuss. We'll preview the Alabama game. We'll preview the Florida game. But let's start right now looking back at the week that was for Auburn basketball. So it started back on Wednesday. Auburn was coming off two straight tough losses on the road at Alabama, at Mississippi State, that came back home, needed to get back on the right track, and they had a good team to do it against. Vanderbilt, one of the worst, if not the worst team in the SEC. However, Vanderbilt did get their first conference win on Saturday against Missouri, so they're not in last place in the SEC anymore. Nonetheless, not a good team. So it was a perfect team to get back into rhythm, get some confidence back, and Auburn did just that. It was a little sloppy in the first half, sloppier than I think Bruce Pearl or Auburn fans would have liked to have seen. Nonetheless, Auburn got the win 81-54. to You can't complain by winning by nearly 30 points. Really settled in the second half, shot the ball a, a lot better there, and, and took care of business like they needed to. But that was not the question heading into the week. There were there would have been a major, major collapse would have had to have happened for Auburn to have lost that game against Vanderbilt. So that wasn't what everyone's attention was on. Everyone's attention was on Saturday. Could Auburn go on the road, get a quad one win against a good opponent on the road? Yes, Auburn had dominated Ole Miss at home. But I think everyone knew this was going to be a different game on the road. And with how Auburn had played in their last two road games, there wasn't a ton of confidence, at least from fan base's perspective, going into this this matchup against Ole Miss, who has been playing really, really well. And then the other factor, I mentioned quad ones. You don't know what that means. It simply means on the road, it's teams that are ranked in the top 75 in the net rankings, which net rankings are analytics that are used as far as NCAA tournament selection. Quad one wins matter a lot for you getting uh, into the tournament and where your seating is in the tournament. And so if you beat a top 75 opponent on the road, that counts as a quad one win. It's a, if you beat a top 50 opponent on the on a neutral size quad one win, it's a top 30 opponent at home. And it's a quad one win. So this was a quad one opportunity. Auburn has been, was 0-4 in quad one opportunities leading up to this Ole Miss game. They lost to Baylor. And they had lost to Alabama, lost to Mississippi State, lost to uh, App State. So this was an opportunity for them to get a, a big-time win, and they did it. It wasn't the start that anyone would have hoped for, at least from the Auburn side. Ole Miss came out firing. They were hot as fire. Their first basket of the game was a contested corner three 
super, super impressive shot, and you knew if, if they made those all, all night, it was going to be a long night for Auburn. Your hope was that they wouldn't. Auburn turned it over a little bit too much in the first half. They gave, gave Ole Miss a couple of easy looks in transition, but also Ole Miss made some really tough shots. But Auburn did what they needed to offensively to keep themselves in the game. Trey Donaldson made a couple of key threes early on, and they, it took everything in their power to, to keep the game under double digits at halftime, to, for it to be 44-35 to 35 at half. So you felt like if going into halftime, okay, let's be able to keep it under double digits. If come out, there's no way Ole Miss is going to shoot that well again in the second half. Come out, play good defense, continue to find ways to score, just battle, get it close, and have a chance to win in the end. That, that kind of was the, the mindset probably for, for a lot of people, at least on the, on the outside looking in, uh, watching that game. But that was not the case for Auburn. Listen to the second half stats, and then we'll dive into what I believe was the most impressive half of basketball Auburn has played all year, the best basketball they've played all year. Auburn shot 73% in the second half, 63% from three-point range, 56 total points in the second half against Ole Miss. As for individual stats, Janai Broom, listen to this, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Remember, folks, he is a center. He has 7 assists. He had 3 blocks. Jalen Williams, 16 points. Trey Donaldson, 10 points and 6 assists. Denver Jones, 11 points. Katie Johnson, 11 points and 3 assists. Perfect from the field, by the way. Chad Baker-Mazzara, 15 points and 9 rebounds. There were 25 total assists in the game. 18 of those came in the second half. I mean, wow. That is just as good as it gets for Auburn basketball. You, you could not have played any better, and Auburn won't play any better than that all season. As far as the, I mean, you can't shoot any better than that. To score 56 points in a half is insane. And to, yes, Auburn made, I think, five threes in the second half, but that wasn't anything insane for a half. It wasn't like they, they made ten threes or something. It was it was five. They just found ways to score in every which way. Ole Miss, on the flip side, Auburn struggled to have answers for them. The first half, Ole Miss had no answers for Auburn. They couldn't keep up with them. And Auburn settled in on the defensive end as well. They continued to force those tough shots for Ole Miss. And they began to stop falling at that point. So that was crucial um, for, for Auburn. So what do we make of this performance? I think the team showed incredible growth. I think they showed incredible growth and maturity. They got Ole Miss the best shot in in the first half. Ole Miss came out firing. They were motivated. A great crowd there. Have to give credit to Chris Beard and getting that student uh, body to buy in in year one there, and they should. Ole Miss has been way better than expected, and they are a, a tournament team, and they're a team that's still in contention in the SEC. So, absolute incredible environment for them, and... Ole Miss came out, and they shot it well, and they battled. They had more energy, it looked like, early on, and that, that can be normal for, for a home environment. But Auburn responded. At halftime, something we found out after the game in the post-game interviews, Jalen Williams first said it on the SEC Network, but he said, Chad baker Mazzara, member transfer, JUCO guy. Yes, he had been Division One, but he came from JUCO from this uh, last season. He said he coached out of the locker room, got, got the team 
motivated and ready to roll for the second half. That's huge. Player-led teams are the best teams. That I, It can be a cliche, but it's true. If you've got great player leadership, then your team's going to go a lot further than if it just coaches. Coaches can take the team a good ways, but they can't take them to that next level. Do you have players that are going to hold other players accountable, that are going to get in their ear when need to be? When Are they going to encourage other players when they need to? That is a huge step, and especially for someone who like Chad Baker, again, his first year at Auburn, and to be able to to be comfortable enough to step up in that position. And I'm sure it wasn't just him. I think they said Janai Broom says some things as well. But I think Bruce Pearl was probably fired up to be able to lead that locker room that the players wanted to have just them in there to get ready for that second half. That's huge. That is a very, very good sign for for Auburn moving forward. I think um, you heard after the game, Bruce Pearl very pleased that that occurred. And then the second half, so they come out, they have that that motivational speech given by, by Chad Baker-Mazzara, and they come out and they shoot as well as they could have possibly shot. As I mentioned, 70% plus in the uh, set, second half. They show what they're capable of. You can't expect this team to shoot that in every half of every game. It's not going to happen. It's unrealistic. However, you can... You can play that style of basketball. What do I mean by that style of basketball? I mean the unselfish play. I mean focusing on scoring at the basket first, letting the threes come when they're there, not forcing tough shots, looking for the best shot, if you will. And that's what you can expect from this team. When this team is best offensively, in my opinion, is when they're looking to score at the basket in the paint first and then letting the threes flow when they're open. And I think the team did that in the second half. When also, when the team been at its best is when it's shared the basketball. When you have multiple guys scoring double digits, it's not just one a one man show. Again, Janai Broom scored twenty five against Alabama in the first meeting. Auburn lost that game. They are best when the scoring is evenly distributed across the whole roster, the whole eleven guys that played. The team strength is in their depth. That's not a cliche. That is true. It absolutely played a factor in this Ole Miss game. You saw Ole Miss start to get worn down there in the second half. They only play about seven guys. Auburn's depth played a big role as well. So this really showed what Auburn is capable of when they rely on strength in numbers, and that was a a huge, huge thing that should give them a lot of confidence moving forward. Also, as far as confidence goes, it's a monkey off, off their back, if you will. They heard all about how they hadn't won a quad one game, how they couldn't beat a couldn't beat a good team on the road. They did it. That should give them plenty of confidence heading into this week and what is going to be a tough week that we'll get into a little bit later on. I want to read this quote. I don't have the audio, but I want to read this post-game quote from Bruce Pearl after uh, the game. Pearl said, quote, That's the best win of the year for us. We talked about if we are going to think about competing for the conference championship, really, then we have to win one of one of these, like one that nobody else is going to win. I don't know if anyone else is going to come in here and win. This was a separator for us. It will give our kids some confidence. This was an important one. Bruce Pearl is on cloud nine like I haven't heard or seen from him in a long time after this game, and so... Usually coaches try to stay pretty level after wins. Like after the the big win against Ole Miss, 
at home in the first meeting where I thought Auburn played the best 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 basketball it had played up until that point. Bruce Pearl kind of came in post game, you know, like you know, good win, but we got to play him again in a couple weeks. Not 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 getting too excited about it, but he was pretty fired up about this one, and I think it was because of their response coming out of halftime and and realizing that team the team's not going to ever play that well again. That's impossible to shoot at that percentage multiple times in a season. You would think. So I think that played a role into why he was so excited and so pumped up about it. He said he might go out with the go out with the players when they got back to Auburn that they didn't need a plane that they were just gonna be able to you know they could they were gonna be able to fly on their own. I mean he 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 was a pretty happy guy after the game and again he he should have been. But that goes to show you he he realized that his team took a big step in in that game and should give them a lot of confidence moving into this week. And then finally, just to kind of put a put a lid on this segment, Auburn did what they needed to do to stay in contention for the SEC. You are halfway through the SEC season right now, and you're sitting at 7-2. and two. If you had said that going into conference play, looking at the schedule for the first half of the season, I think you would have been thrilled as an Auburn fan. I think you should be thrilled as an Auburn fan that that's where Auburn sits. They're in second place right now in the conference. They're, they're in a good spot. They're, the Halfway through, they're in a good spot. Now, schedule continues to be extremely tough for the second half of the SEC season. But, as Bruce Pearl likes to say, Auburn is in position to be in position. They're giving themselves a shot, and that is all that you can hope for moving forward. With that, let's get to our first break. When we return, we will have a preview of the Iron Bowl Part 2. So stay tuned to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Station. The Iron Bowl Part 2 will take place inside Neville Arena Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. The unfortunate stat for Auburn is Alabama's won three straight now, dating back to last season. Alabama swept the season series last year, and they won the first one in Tuscaloosa. So Auburn's looking for revenge, looking to get back on track in this series. Alabama currently is the number one team in the SEC, coming off a huge win at home against Mississippi State. On Saturday night, they're playing really good basketball right now. I thought they had an impressive week last week to get a win on the road at Georgia. I figured that was going to be a tough game, one that they could lose, and they got that win. So the big question is, what does Auburn need to do differently this time around that they didn't do in the first meeting? So I've got a list for you. First, Auburn must shoot better. That's obvious. Anyone can say that, but it's true. Auburn shot 42% in the first game against Alabama, 20% from three. They don't they don't have to, to shoot like they did against Ole Miss, but they got to make open threes, and that was a problem. And the first time around, had a lot of open shots and just could not make them at all. The only offense in the first game was Janai Broom. There has to be some other guys step up, as we just mentioned. This team is best when the scoring is spread out, when they rely on their depth. That needs to be the case in, in this meeting for them to win. Second off, they can't turn the ball over. There were nine turnovers in the first half against Alabama. This team thrives, Alabama that is, thrives on scoring in transition. They will make you pay for turnovers. They play fast. They want the pace to be at a record pace 
It was like a NASCAR race in the first half, if you remember, of the first meeting between Alabama and Auburn. Auburn likes to get points in transition, too, and Auburn likes to play at a faster pace, but not quite to the level that Mama wants to play at, so have to be clean. The pressure that Mark Sears put on Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson gave them some issues this first time around. They didn't necessarily turn the ball over themselves. I think CBM had a tough game against Alabama uh, with a couple of turnovers. It was, it was spread out, but Auburn must be cleaner with the ball. Third, Auburn has to force tough shots from Alabama. First half, they gave Ryland Griffin too much space, and he went off in the first meeting. Have to get on him and all their shooters. Have to get a hand in their face. Cannot give them too much space at all. Again, it's a risk because you also have to stay in position to where you don't get beat to the rim. But you have to run them off the three-point line. Absolutely cannot let them sit there and get open shots or they will make you pay. That'll be key defensively. Force tough shots and get rebounds. Auburn rebounded very well in the last two games, but they have struggled at times. And with three-pointers, you're going to get some long rebounds. Can't let Alabama get second-chance opportunities. They're too good of an offense. Absolutely have to grab the boards if you are Auburn in this game. The second half against Alabama in that first meeting was solid. Auburn played better defense. They held... Alabama to just 24% shooting, 20, excuse me, 29% shooting and 23% from three. It was a 14-point deficit, though. Auburn did come back and did take the lead for a second there in that second half, but overall, it was just too big of a deficit to overcome. That can't happen this time around. You have to withstand their run, similar to what Auburn did against Ole Miss. Bama's going to get on some hot streaks from three. That They are too good of a team to be cold an entire game. You have to overall hold them to a lesser percentage, which usually that's under about 35%. It's kind of the goal that you're looking for if you're going to beat them. So you've got to hold them under that percentage, but you've also got to withstand the runs, meaning they're going to knock down a couple threes in a row. The key is to to limit the run, make it not too long, and also to score during their, their run to, to keep them from... from Getting too big of a margin while they're while they're on their run, so that that will be key. Survive, 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 and then take advantage when they're cold. When they're cold, it that'll come too. You got to go on a run yourself. That that'll be some of the keys that I'm looking for in this game. Look, Alabama's got a great team. They've got a team full of scores. You know about Mark Sears and Rylan Griffin, Grant Nelson, Aaron Estrada, all are very, very good. Grant Nelson, I think, is playing some of his better basketball that he has played all season for the Crimson Tide. They've kind of found a lineup they like with him at the five. We'll see how that goes in the, in, in this matchup. I'm going to ask uh, the guests that I've got coming on here in the next segment about how Bama's going to defend Janai Broom. I don't expect him to be able to have 25 points again in this game, you would assume that Alabama is going to defend him differently and force other players to beat them. Auburn has the other players this season that can beat Alabama. I I believe that, but they're going to have to play well. Jalen Williams absolutely has to play a better game than he did the first time around. Chad Baker-Mazzara, Trey Donaldson, Aiden Holloway at point guard. Denver Jones had a great week, really had an incredible game against Vanderbilt. He's going to need to shoot the ball better in this in this game in order for Auburn to win. 
So all those pieces will be key. I just have a hard time believing Alabama's going to let Janai Broom do what he did again. Auburn's still going to have the advantage. Look, it's a tough matchup for Grant Nelson trying to defend Janai Broom. So they're going to have to give help against him. And if they do, then Auburn's going to have some opportunities. We thought that's how it would work in the first matchup. If you remember my preview before the first time these two teams teams played, I said I figured that Bama would probably double, try to give help to Janai. That would open up other shooters. That really did not happen. The thing was, Janai went off, but no one else could score. Therefore, Bama was able to, to get the win. And don't see that being the case this time around. I believe Auburn's the better team if they play at the level they're capable of playing. Again, similar to what you saw in that Ole Miss game. Playing clean, not turning the ball over, rebounding well, playing good defense, forcing tough shots, sharing the basketball, looking for the best opportunity to score on each possession offensively. If Auburn does that, I think they will get the win. Again, Bama's going to make some tough shots. That's part of it. Force them to make those tough shots all game long. Motivation's not going to be an issue in this game. That, that That's not a concern. My concern would be, does this team press? If Bama gets hot and they get a, a 10-plus point lead at some point in the game, you hope it doesn't happen. But if it happens, the crowd gets a little quiet, the the, the thoughts start to enter the minds of, of Auburn players. Oh, goodness. I mean, are we going to really lose a fourth straight, lose at home to this team? We haven't lost a home game in forever. This can't happen. Those thoughts start to creep into the minds. They can creep into the minds of fans. They cannot creep into the minds of players. If they do, then that's a losing mindset at that point. I don't think with this team it will. I think they got. I think they showed great maturity against Ole Miss, and I think overall they have a lot of calm and cool personalities. Yes, you got some. Uh, you got a Katie Johnson in there. You got a Chad Baker, Missouri. But I, I don't think. This team will be rattled that way. I think they're a very confident team. And so if that does occur, can they stay locked in and focus on on playing the best basketball that they can play? Because it's entirely possible that Bama starts out hot and they go on a little run early on in the game or at the start of a half if you've got a lead at halftime. It is going to be a 40-minute battle. I fully believe that. I don't expect Auburn to just dominate this game. They have the potential to do that to shoot really well because Bama's defense is still not necessarily a strong suit of this team, but I wouldn't predict that. I think it's going to be a a 40-minute battle, but I think if Auburn plays to the level that they're capable of playing, they'll be able to get this win. Real quickly, and then we'll go to break, and then we'll bring on uh, our guest. Real quickly, Auburn does go to Florida on Saturday. Not trying to overlook this game at all. It's just the way the the show itinerary kind of worked out for for today. Haven't had much time to spend on on this game. But Auburn travels to Florida. Florida is really good at home. Auburn has not won at Florida in 28 years. Even Jabari and Walker Kessler, I was just talking with my, my roommate about that early on today. Jabari and Walker thinking back to that game two years ago. Auburn had the last second shot down in Gainesville, didn't make it. They lost that game to Florida. This Florida team can really shoot it. They're averaging 85 points per game. They're going to be a tough team to defend, especially on their home court. They get ton ton of shots up. They are number two in field goal attempted a game. They are not a great defensive team, though, so similar 
in in a way to a lot of teams in the SEC that are that are really good at shooting the ball, not great on the defensive end. However, they are number two in offensive rebounds a game, so rebounding going to be very very important. Look, if Auburn can go two and zero this week, which is going to be extremely tough, they're going to be in a fantastic position uh, as far as going in and putting themselves in position to win the SEC. Again, going down to Florida, I just mentioned the stat. Not having won there in 28 years, this is a really good Florida team, a team that's more than likely going to be in the SEC tournament. Will not be easy to go down there, especially no matter what the result is against Alabama on Wednesday night. Having to follow that game, the intensity and the effort that it's going to take in that game to follow that up with having to travel to Gainesville, it's going to be a tough, tough matchup for for Auburn on Saturday. I do think that they can win it based on how they played at Ole Miss, but they're going to have to play at a high level. So so we'll see. Again, going to be a very, very big week for Auburn basketball. The rest of the season is tough. It's a loaded, loaded, loaded schedule the rest of the way for Auburn. But those are the previews. Really looking forward to watching Auburn basketball this week. We'll continue our discussion about this Auburn and Alabama game when we return. We'll be right back to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. Zach, are you there? Yeah. There we go. We got him. Sorry about the, the technical difficulties there, but let me reintroduce you, Zach. As I mentioned before we had the uh, issues, Zach is has been and is a longtime SEC basketball writer, one of my good friends and mentors. So excited to have him on the show today. Zach, how you doing today? Doing great, man. I really appreciate you having me on and getting to talk about uh, the college basketball season and the SEC season, and you guys do a great job with the show, so I'm excited to be on and talk some ball. I appreciate it. Well, let's dive into it. The, of course, the talk of the show today has been all about this Iron Bowl on the hardwood part two, the rematch this time at home for Auburn and Neville Arena. When you're looking at this matchup, what are the keys for each team? You can start with Alabama and then roll into Auburn. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to start out by saying how cool is it that this matchup means something. Each time these two teams play each other, the passion from the fan bases, the the stakes that it has on the standings in the SEC. You know, growing up, it's just crazy to see how this game, this matchup, and these programs, the standard and everything has just changed. So just wanted to start out by saying that. But for Auburn, I think the key starts on the three-point line on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, on the offensive side, you got to shoot the ball better than that first matchup. Shot 20% from the three, going five from 25. Um, you got to, you, you know, what Broom is going to give you. Uh, Alabama really doesn't have a lot of answers for for Broom. Really, a lot of the defense players in the SEC don't have anything for Janai Broom. But you know what he's going to give you. But you've got to have those guys on those kickouts knocking down those shots. And and on that note, uh, in the Ole Miss game, shooting 44% from three, that is a good sign going into this game. And also for Auburn on the defensive side of the ball, you've got to run Alabama shooters off that line, force them to get in the paint. Auburn, a strength is that defensive presence with Broom. you got Cardwell, you got Williams, uh, Chad Baker, Mazzaro. Force those guys, run them off that line, be very aggressive on their closeouts, and – uh, force them to get in the paint. Um, for Alabama, um, the key, obviously, talking about Broom, 
you've got to contain him to a certain degree, but I don't think you should double or, or, or really um, make that a focal point. You've got to contain him, but he's going to get what he's going to get. But you've got to make sure that those other guys, those role players around him, don't heat up. Um, because, like I said, that shooting performance against Ole Miss, uh, they carry that into the game with, with the atmosphere and everything. Those guys start making shots. It could get rough for Alabama. And also for Alabama, key is they've got eight guys in the rotation that have never played in Neville Arena. Um, it's no secret that that is going to be a crazy atmosphere, um, especially after the last meeting. Um, it, it, it takes something to get used to, you know, going in there and, and the stakes on this game. It's a lot of new guys, new pieces for Alabama. So it's about composure for them. There's, basketball is a game of runs, and especially in this matchup, is it, it's a big game of runs. Yeah, great, great points there. You hit on a lot of things that that were kind of on my mind as far as the the keys for for both teams. I guess from an Auburn standpoint, you mentioned Alabama and how to defend Janai Broom. So I'll ask you. From from an Auburn defensive standpoint, what is the best way to contain this Alabama offense? You know they're going to hit shots. You know they're going to score a lot of points. But but what is the best way to defend this Alabama team? Yeah, you, you want to – the way Alabama plays, they want to get up and down the court. They rely a lot on letting their guards get in space, beat you off the dribble, and then they kick it out on those closeouts and when the, on those help defenders coming out. Um, the best thing really is, is you really want to make, take the three ball away. You want to be aggressive, um, really close out hard. And then, um, you, you really just want to hope that they have an off night and, and the factors in that, the atmosphere and the stakes on the game, the fact that they have so many new guys coming into a venue that, is going to be something they haven't really seen all year. Um, and you also got to force those turnovers. They, The way they play, they can get a little sloppy with the ball. So you really want to be aggressive. Um, get KD Johnson, those guys, to, to really get in those ball handlers and force some of those errors. It's easier said than done for sure. I thought that, that Auburn – had a, played pretty well defensively in the second half uh, against Alabama in the first meeting. The the first half, though, Auburn had a lot of turnovers, allowed Alabama's offense to get in transition. Uh, nine turnovers they had in that first half, and that was a, a big difference. Helped Alabama build a big lead there. But it's going to be a super, super fun matchup on Wednesday night. Alabama, as I mentioned earlier in the show, has won three straight now against Auburn. So Auburn looking to to get a win. Janai Broom said after the old Miss game, when when asked about this uh, this game coming up on Wednesday night, simple two word answer is personal. I think for a lot of Auburn guys, including Janai Broom, he has not beaten Alabama in his Auburn career. So it'll be a, a big, it'll be an exciting matchup. But let's now look at the SEC more as a whole. We'll continue to talk about Alabama and Auburn because they fit in this conversation. But what are your biggest surprises so far, Zach, in SEC play? I think for me, it has been. Uh, one, Arkansas, the level that they've been at. But two, I think South Carolina and the, the level they played at really put themselves in position to to have a chance to win the SEC, which is quite shocking. So those are ones for me. You may have the same or want to expound on that, but go ahead. 
Yeah, those two are obviously the big ones, you know, from a positive note, South Carolina with how they have turned things around. You know, it's crazy because it's not like they had a massive roster turnover. A lot of the key contributors were on that team last year. They brought in a few transfers, Talon Cooper. Um, they brought in uh, freshman uh, Murray Bowles. But really, overall, they've got kind of that same roster. And to see that turnaround goes to the coaching and the and the culture that Lamont Paris has. So that's that's been super impressive. And Arkansas, it's like when you when you do the transfer portal thing every year, you're it's hard to hit 100 on it. And I think this year we're seeing some of that cohesion. The the roles aren't there. Um, they probably thought some players are going to have a a bigger presence, and it just hasn't turned out that way. So you're really gambling each year when you go heavy into that transfer portal. But I'll say one that we hadn't really hit on is A&M. I kind of thought that they would be more of a a big presence in the top of the standings. I know they're still right there, and they're gonna they're probably gonna make some noise here. But I kind of thought they kind of had that same roster cohesion, that same continuity from that season last year. Um, so I kind of thought they would be more of a daunting presence at the top of the standings. Yeah, that's a good point on A and M. You know, they're just kind of one of those a little bit of a forgotten team this year. They sit at four and four in the SEC. Looking at the SEC standings, it is of course Alabama is number one right now, which is one loss in conference play. Then you've got South Carolina and Auburn at seven and two and Tennessee at six and two. Then you've got three teams at five and four with Ole Miss, Kentucky and Florida, then A and M and LSU both at four and four. Zach, in your opinion, you've you've covered SEC basketball a lot longer than than I have watched it. Do you do you feel like this is the deepest, the strongest the league has been? Man, it's just this year overall in college basketball, you were seeing how hard it is to win on the road. You know, in the league for sure, but obviously just you, you look across the landscape of college basketball, you got teams losing games on the road that you know they have no business losing. And then you factor in having a competitive league with the coaches that we have and the players that we're bringing in. It's just a gauntlet each time you go out. You know, Alabama and Auburn going into this matchup, they both are coming off of games on the road where they were down. You know, Auburn had that battle in Oxford. Alabama had that come-from-behind victory in uh, Athens. So it's every time you're on the road, no matter what that team across from you has done thus far, it's going to be a battle. Um, and I, I really do think that the coaches that have brought in, uh, you got Chris Beard over in Oxford, you've got Jans over in Mississippi State. There's just across the, the landscape of the league, the teams are just getting better and better. So I think this is a really deep league. It's probably the second best league in the country at the moment. I agree with that. You know, and you're right. The good point about just it, it's not just the SEC. I mean, it is a, a diff, it's difficult to win on the road across college basketball. I mean, think the the Houston Kansas game I think Houston was favored in that game and and Kansas just absolutely dominated them but you do have the examples of Tennessee going to Lexington and beating Kentucky and you got South Carolina that went to Knoxville and, and beat Tennessee so there are examples like that um, throughout throughout the league so it's possible but it is certainly not easy you have to be playing at a high level there's as far as the top of the league goes coming into SEC play I kind of thought early on in SEC play that it was going to be one of four teams that would win the league. That would be Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky. Well, Kentucky now has four losses, so while not impossible, 
highly unlikely that they'll win the league at this point. But now you've got to include South Carolina in that conversation. So how, two-part question here, how serious of a threat is South Carolina to win the SEC? And then do you believe that the, the winner will come from this group of four with Bama, Tennessee, Auburn, and South Carolina? Yeah, it would be crazy at this point not to um, include South Carolina in this conversation because they've just been proving the doubters wrong and and what they've been doing and how they've been responding to, to criticism from the outside media and how they've just handled things on the court and in their locker room. So you've got to include them. I, I think it will come from that group of four, specifically from that group of Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee. I think it will be one of those three. Uh if you were to say that the winner of the game coming up on Wednesday would be the front runner, I you know couldn't argue with you. Um, Tennessee's—they're a veteran club. They've got um, some scoring now with Dalton Connect. Um, they've got a difficult schedule. I mean, they got to go on the road and play the top three teams that we that are in this group with them, with Alabama and Auburn and South Carolina, which is tough. But I still think they can win those games. They're they're a matchup nightmare for Alabama with the contrasting styles and how that first matchup went. The matchup with Auburn's always interesting, and I think they're going to be really wanting that South Carolina game back. So I think it will come from that group of four, specifically that group of three, and I think I would have to bet on Tennessee at this moment. I would agree with that. I would go Tennessee as well at the moment just because you mentioned their defense and then obviously Dalton Connect being one of, if not the best scorer in college basketball. But I did look at the schedules, and I will say I think South Carolina might have the the easiest of of the, those four teams' remaining schedules uh, as far as it goes in, in conference play. I, I do think that Tennessee probably second, and then I think Bama and Auburn both have tough stretches to finish out conference plays. We are halfway through, crazy to think, already halfway through SEC play and a little bit still to go. So thinking about that, we've talked about the conference, the strength and the depth of the conference. How many teams do you see the SEC getting into the uh, NCAA tournament? Uh, I think right now eight is the number. I think it will be around eight. Nine wouldn't shock me. I mean, at the moment, obviously you got Bama, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Florida, Kentucky, and A&M's kind of on that fringe. Um, I think maybe one of those bottom two may dip out, and maybe a team like Mississippi State can can pick up and take that spot. But I think eight would be a solid number to bet on. I think that's fair. I believe that's you know around the around the area that Joe Lenardi has it. You know, when you you think about teams, you would have thought would have been in there as we mentioned, like someone like Arkansas is obviously out, but it, it can Mississippi State, a, a Georgia, can they find their way to to get in there? We'll see, and that could help the SEC as far as its numbers go down the stretch here as we again halfway through conference play. But now let's go back to this Iron Bowl Part 2 on the hardwood to, to finish up. Again, I appreciate you taking the time to th- today, Zach, to be on the show. To close out here, how do you see this game going on Wednesday night? Honestly, Carson, I really think it's going to be a a very similar script to what we saw in this most recent meeting, just rolls flip. I think um, it's going to be a battle, but I think the atmosphere – how 
much the Auburn players want this. You know that you're talking. You mentioned that quote about Janai Broom. They really want this game. Obviously, Alabama wants it too. But you factor in the fact that Alabama is bringing eight guys that see the floor that have never been in this environment. The fact that you've got the stakes as high as they are. Auburn wants to get back in that you know top spot, and I just think it's going to be too big of a task for Alabama to overcome. Do you think that it matters that Alabama doesn't have the pressure on them per se, maybe that, that Auburn does considering Auburn's lost three straight, you know, uh, Alabama maybe comes in here with, as far as SEC play goes, of course, Bama has, has a lot to lose. I guess you could say it as far as standings go, they would move into tied for first place with a loss, but a little bit less pressure as far as the rivalry goes. Would, would that be any benefit to Alabama? Yeah, you know, sometimes it's really about how you react to those those stakes, that pressure. You know, some people thrive in it. Some people want that chip on the shoulder. Some people love the fact that you're playing a little more freer without the the stakes. Um, I think I think in this case, the the pressure that Auburn's feeling is going to fuel them to to a level that is a higher level than what. The, the lack of pressure that Alabama feels going in here, kind of with house money. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, I've, I've got Auburn in this game. I do think the being at home will be a big, big benefit. I think they'll they'll play well. Typically, do shoot better. Should have a lot of confidence coming off that Ole Miss game and how they played there in the second half. Won't ever shoot that well again this season. Uh, that was about as good as basketball as they could have possibly played. But if they can play to a to a high level, the level they're capa- capable of, I think that, that they'll have a chance to get the win on Wednesday night against Alabama. Well, Zach, thank you for joining. We'll have to do this again. Really enjoy your insight and your knowledge about basketball. So much greater than mine, so I appreciate what you, you add a lot of value to the show when, when you join. So we're going to have to do it again. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me on and love any chance to talk ball with you and y'all continue to do great things on the show. Thank you, man. We'll see you next time. Absolutely. All right, with that, we will take one final break and when we return, we'll dive into a little bit of football news. Stay tuned to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want. Real quickly, before we have to get out of here again, I just want to thank Zach for for joining the show today. Like I mentioned, he's a good friend and mentor of mine, knows a ton about college basketball, knows a lot more than I do, so that's why I appreciate getting him on the show to talk about it. But let's talk quickly about football because there was some news this past week. Auburn did officially hire DJ Durkin shortly after my show last week ended. I don't have much more to say on him. We'll dive more into his defense as we get closer to spring practice. But DJ Durkin, experience in the SEC, I think Hugh Freeze felt comfortable with that, felt like he would fit his culture that he's trying to bring, uh, trying to, to continue to establish, if you will, here at Auburn. So Durkin was the hire. But some sad news for Auburn that Jeremy Garrett is going to the NFL. Jeremy Garrett was a hire that, Got a little bit of criticism because Hugh Freeze brought a guy from Liberty with him. That was his D-line coach at Liberty. I don't know about this guy. A young guy, not, not a ton of experience. Well, turns out that was a pretty smart hire because only one year on the planes and he's off to the NFL. 
So congrats to Jeremy Garrett. That's a promotion to be able to go to the NFL, obviously, and coach. So good for him, but that is a big hit for Auburn because of his coaching ability and also because of his recruiting. Auburn has four current commits on the defensive line in the class of 2025. So these are guys that have not signed and enrolled already. These are guys for next year's signing class. So Auburn's going to have to work hard to retain those guys. I'm sure they had a really good relationship with Jeremy Garrett, and he was a big part in, in getting those guys in the boat. So Auburn will have to, to continue to work on those guys to keep them from decommitting or, or, or flipping elsewhere. But I will say this about Jeremy Garrett. He was still at Auburn on Saturday, was still talking to recruits. He kept them informed on his decisions. A lot of guys don't do that. That speaks to his character, the type of man he is. So hat tip to Jeremy Garrett. We'll be rooting for him and his success moving forward. But now Auburn's got to figure out who are they going to hire as a defensive line coach. I don't know. Of course, everyone's going to throw out Rodney Garner, who's at Tennessee, been the defensive line coach at Auburn. He's a fan favorite. Personally, I'm a big fan of him. I would love if he was hired. I don't know if that will that will be the case for Hugh Freeze. But, of course, he was on Gus Malzahn's staff at, at Auburn. Phenomenal recruiter, phenomenal coach, former Auburn player. So we'll see if he's the hire. We'll see if it's someone else. Hugh Freeze has got some connections with some other guys uh, that he's coached with in the past at, at Liberty or Ole Miss that he might want to reach out to. We'll see, but it's a position that Auburn will need to get feel fairly quickly because of what is, uh, because of the recruiting especially. Well, with that, let's wrap up the show. It's been a fun one today, talking a lot about Auburn basketball. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed getting to hear Zach's perspective on this, on the SEC basketball and on the matchup on Wednesday night. So enjoy the week. Enjoy watching the Iron Bowl Part 2 on Wednesday. Enjoy watching Auburn take on Florida on Saturday, and we'll see what other news happens this week. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Talking Tumors. Make sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 for another edition. Also, make sure to check out Weagle's 24-hour live stream on WeagleFM.com. And follow us on social media at Weagle underscore AU. War Eagle, and see you next time.